Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to The Men of Valor Program. Today we are continuing on with our series that we've decided to do, which we don't know how long it's going to be, because I think there are so many great psalms, and uh, also we're going to do some Proverbs. So that's our series, Psalms and Proverbs, and today we're going to continue with a psalm that was actually sent to me this week. One of my good friends and colleagues, Gary Oliver, who is a, a Christian counselor, a PhD, a professor involved in lots of uh, great ministry, particularly I think as it comes uh, or relates to couples. But a number of years ago, he lost a wife to cancer, and not so long after that, he himself developed cancer, and uh, it was cancer of the throat, more or less, and or the esophagus or the throat or something. And uh, so he's been uh, getting some of the best medical help in the country down at one of the premier cancer hospitals, MD Anderson, in Houston. And he had successful chemotherapy and radiation. And uh, he somewhat lost his voice for a while. But God is good and uh, has restored his voice. And he is a great speaker. So, you know, that's very important. And I think that's the way God works. He still talks a little bit raspy, and so you can tell that he's had something, but he's still uh, also fully vocal now. And uh, occasionally we uh, get on the phone and pray together, uh, not just about cancer, but about all the work that we're doing in ministry. And uh, recently at the American Association of Christian Counselors Conference in Nashville, we did get together and... uh, we did pray together, and uh, he is a great prayer warrior and a Bible warrior, and just randomly, you know, uh, an occasional morning, he'll send me a scripture verse, which I love. And uh, so this is the one he sent this week, and it is from the Psalms. And like the other ones we've done, I think these words will be familiar. It's one of the shorter Psalms, so if our audience will indulge me, I think I'll read the whole thing. Uh, before we start talking about it. It sounds like a great idea, and it is indeed a great psalm. And you're uh, speaking of Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And he, he, uh, by text, sent me verse 1 and 2, but uh, I think it deserves uh, having the whole psalm read. So here I go. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth to break the bow and shatter the spear. He burns 
the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So the first two verses, like I said, are the ones that Gary sent me. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Well, we're going to get to uh, eventually here the, uh, the trigger of the week, but it's been an interesting time around here. We'll get to that later. But I do think occasionally we go through times of trouble, and those that are like me and like a lot of the addicts who come here, um, they struggle, struggle in a mighty way with anxiety. Some of them struggle uh, with obsessive anxiety, and also some of them struggle with depression. I think this is one of those verses that is, is good to memorize because it's a reminder of truth to us that God's in control, God's in charge, God uh, knows what's going on in the world and he knows what's going on in our individual lives. And uh, I love the way it's put here, he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. So I would like to uh, challenge those listening today, what is your trouble? What trouble are you in? When I think of our population here, I think of so many things. We have some men who are in the legal process for having com committed some sexual offenses, and uh, they're being called things, their names are in the newspapers. Uh, uh, it's creating havoc uh, for them uh, vocationally and so forth. And, you know, I think those men are a great example of uh, times of trouble. I think of all the marriages out there where there is so much despair, so much depression, so much blaming going on back and forth. I had a couple I was working with earlier today that they were just back and forth blaming each other for the whole problem, and they've been doing this now for a year. And uh, I finally said to them, you know, you keep complaining about this vicious cycle you're in, but do you notice what your contribution to that cycle is? And it's the constant blaming of the other person. I don't hear either one of you taking on any responsibility uh, for the trouble you're in. Which makes it very hard to forgive each other right. also. Exactly. I mean, to forgive yourself and right. to forgive each other. Yeah. And so uh, you're right when you say a vicious cycle, because you don't, you don't see any progress even being on the horizon when the two are so constantly blaming, blaming each other. Each other. It's, yeah. it's, uh, just it's bickering. Uh, sometimes I'm sure when they're at home, at least uh, they're yelling at each other. It's just sad to see. It's sad to see people tear each other up um, in my presence. So I challenged them this morning to do some uh, spiritual uh, meditations and prayer and Bible study together. I asked them, and they've been married like 35 years, and I asked them, have you ever had a spiritual life together? And uh, they both instantly said no. I said, it seems to me, though, that, because the couples always tell us the story of how they first met, and I said, my memory is that you guys met through a mission that you were both on with Campus Crusade back when you were in college, and you met on a beach, and uh, Campus Crusade had you out there trying to witness to the uh, spring breakers, I think is what it was, and then they met each other. And I said, what happened to that couple that was on fire for the Lord and sharing the gospel? And, you know, wasn't there a lot of adrenaline to that? Wasn't there a lot of good times? And wasn't your relationship started on the basis of your common faith? And they both said yes. And uh, I said, then what happened to that? You know, and the husband said, we got married. <laughs> so I said, well, you know, marriage is supposed to be a sacrament, and it's supposed to cement 
the spiritual relationship between the two of you. And it's not supposed to be a fire extinguisher for your faith. That's right. That is right. And I said I do believe in uh, spiritual warfare. And you know, if you had that kind of beginning, I am sure that when you got married, Satan brought up you know all the family of origin stuff, and you know the the wife has been sexually abused as a child, and the husband has. Uh, you know, had some other things going on, and they certainly have reasons why. Um, you know, they have you know mistaken core beliefs, and they get angry at things. And I said, it seems to me, you know, that no counselor is going to help you through this until such time as you decide that God is on your side. Well, and and once they rediscover and and open their lives and hearts mm-hmm. to the possibility of God re-entering their marriage, right. I mean, let's face it. God is the only one at this point who's going to be able to save them, to save their marriage. That's right. You know, uh, and you pointing out, let's go back to the origin. Let's go back to the The two of you meeting, the the very beginning. beginning, You know, and what did, what was the common factor that brought you together? Um, Our faith in the Lord brought us together. We were there on a campus crusades, you know, for Christ event. And, you know, go back to that time. Yeah, that's... That's basically what I said to them. I mean, we talk about restoration of marriage, and sometimes that word does mean, you know, we need to go back to a place where, you know, God was in things, and uh, we had a a common commitment, and we had a common connection. And uh, I said, during that time, did you ever pray together and stuff like that? And they said, yeah, we used to pray together, study scripture together. I said, what happened to that? You know, you haven't been doing it for 35 years. Right. And... uh, and how common is that, Mark? Oh, you know, with with, with with couples, you know, it it happens literally every day. It does, and so the couples get stuck. They get stubborn. They get discouraged. They don't feel like they're getting any of their desires met. You know, they're not heard. They're not affirmed. Uh, they're not touched in healthy ways. All the seven desires that we talk about. And finally, the wife said, "Well, uh, I'd be willing to get back to it if he would." Uh, uh, lead, you know, and I said, I'm kind of a, you know, egalitarian type. And is there any problem with you leading? And uh, have you been waiting uh, for all this time uh, for him to do something? It's like you're both, you both kind of have conditions. And uh, when the other person meets those conditions, then maybe you'll, you know, respond to something. So anyway, I don't, I didn't mean to belabor that situation, but I do think that. God needs to be with this couple. He needs to be a refuge to them in their times of trouble, and they're having lots of times of trouble. So, But I'm struck by just how on target your selection mm-hmm. of verse 1 and 2 right. of Psalm 46 is today, because yeah. it just, your example just now, I mean, I know you got caught up in the reality of this morning's session with this couple, but all it proves is how accurate the selection of Psalm 46 is. Yeah, and I think, you know, even though it's a very short psalm, it has, uh, what, 11 verses, it, it's kind of a list, you know, of the possible problems, the calamities, the worldwide problems that can be out there. Well, let's take our break right now, Mark, okay. right. and when we come back, I'll have you take a closer look at some of those okay. other problems. Sure. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? 
Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, uh, Randy, uh, is something that was sent to you uh, by one of our alumni down in Florida, and uh, we have his permission to share this. And uh, as it turns out, his trigger absolutely relates to events uh, that are going on in your life and have uh, just recently this week gone on in mine. So why don't you read the email? Well, you're you're 100% right, Mark. It's from our good friend Joe down uh, down in Florida, and uh, we have communicated on a on a somewhat regular basis with Joe and the uh, the men from his uh, purity group down there, and they're big supporters, and we appreciate them so greatly. He was emailing me to pass on you know his condolences on the passing uh, a month or two ago of my mom, who was almost ninety one, and he said my father died on their my parents' sixty seventh wedding anniversary just recently. My father was almost 91 years old, uh, and my 87-year-old mother's heartbroken. It's been a sad time. A trigger for me occurred when I was going through some of my father's personal belongings and found a Playboy magazine. It was like fire in my hands. I immediately returned it to the closet shelf and didn't even check the publication date. My parents moved into that apartment when he was 72. The addiction never dies if you keep feeding it. He never shared his story with me, and I figured that this has been a struggle for him. When he wrote back and gave me permission to use this, he referred to this not as the trigger of the week, but his personal trigger of the year. He said it took me back to when I was 12 years old, finding my father's Playboy magazine back then, and my reaction was much different versus now. The excitement of the 12-year-old boy's mind versus the mind of a 59-year-old recovering sex addict, Mm -hmm. I felt sad that my father likely never got healing from his addiction and also gave me some validation of my bloodline, the sins of our fathers being passed down through the generations. Mm -hmm. Just like I cannot forget the first playboy I saw in my father's hiding place, I cannot forget the last one I saw. My vision is to break this curse for my grandson one day at a time. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's almost poetic. And uh, yet it is very sad, isn't it, that this yeah, certainly. this father, uh, so he's 59 now? Uh, well, um, Joe is 59. His dad was almost 91. Yeah, my point is he was 12 yes. when he saw his first Playboy right. in his father's stash. And so now he is like 40... Yeah, nearly 80 years of... Well, yeah, well, he's 40, 45 years later. Mm-hmm. His father still had a Playboy magazine, so 
he never got help, he never talked about it, that kind of thing. That is a trigger of the, of the year, really. And it does, like so many triggers, you know, it takes us back to earlier memories, like it did for him. When you read the email to me before we started recording the show, it reminded me of the time when my brother died. My brother died in the year 2000, but uh, when I was cleaning out his room, uh, I found pornography, and uh, I suspected for years that he was struggling with a variety of of addictions. And, you know, I remember how discouraging that was, uh, particularly given the fact that he had a son who was at the time 10 years old. And I recently learned that my nephew has been struggling with alcoholism and and thanks be to god he's evidently finally gotten help and gone to treatment and is now going to aa so you see there the transmission of uh, sin down to the third and fourth generation and hopefully my young uh, nephew uh, robbie uh, will be the one in that family to break through that cycle and then of course uh, as we're broadcasting today i'm i'm getting mentally ready to go into Chicago because my father-in-law died on Monday. Uh, He was 97 and had been struggling and suffering for a long time. So it's one of those deaths where uh, we are going to feel sad for the loss. And, you know, we're also feeling uh, rather relieved that he's in no more pain. Uh, Gratitude for his suffering ending. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. And I noticed, and this is kind of hard to admit, uh, but as long as the, the listeners understand that, you know, I am sober for 30 years and, and remain sober. I will say that when I got the call from my mother-in-law that he had died, and he was such a special person to me, there was a thought that just raced through my mind. Maybe uh, one of the ways to deal with this would be to go masturbate, you know, and that was my old brain that still has all that association stored in it someplace, saying, you know, this is the way you medicate these uh, very sad feelings. So um, it could be that death is like the trigger of the year when we lose somebody uh, that's been close to us. Uh, but that's where the, the psalm comes in because we, I think one of the things it says, like the third or fourth verse, is that God is ever-present. Uh, nothing shakes up his kingdom. He, he is dwelling in his high place, and he is con- in control of things going on in the earth. I don't know about our listeners, but every night, sometimes despite my uh, th- my better intentions, you know, I watch the national news and I see the repetitive stuff that's going on with uh, fires and earthquakes and hurricanes and uh, uh, tsunamis and, you know, obviously floods and so forth. And I was just thinking about that, that as we, as we look out on the world, there's going to be times of trouble. There's, there's going to be times of chaos. And uh, God is an ever-present help. He is our strength and our refuge. Even if our homes have been destroyed, even if uh, we've lost all of our property and money, you know, God is still our ever-present help. And then the psalm goes on to talk about kingdoms. And, you know, I think about the trouble that we're having, you know, not only in the Middle East, the problems with ISIS, the problems with North Korea, and uh, the possibility of nuclear war that we all worry about kind of takes us back to the 50s, those of us that grew up in the 50s, in terms of the threat of nuclear war. I just think this is a great verse to have in the back of our, of our minds. It's just, you know, that, that constant reminder that even though some of these bad things may in fact happen, God is in control, and we need to lean into that. Whatever happens to us, uh, we need to remember that he is the one who loves us, 
and in his own ways is protecting us. This makes it our go-to psalm. Yeah, it, really. it really is. When, yeah. when things get tough, mm-hmm. you know, w- what a wonderful, supportive, encouraging place to fall back on. Yeah, it's a fortress. I mean, the, the, the word fortress is used, you know, several times. God is our fortress. He's our, he is our safe place. Let me write that down. A mighty fortress is our God. That yeah, be, you're that would, a musician. Yeah, that would be a good song. See if you can do something. See, <laughs> see what you can do. Catchy with that. Catchy. Some, whip something up with whip that. Whip something up, yeah. <laughs> a um that's the German. Uh, he's a mighty, mighty mountain. Uh, you know, he dwells in the mountaintop places. You know that kind of thing. So that's that's Martin Luther. But that's about all I have to say about this psalm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not one that requires a lot of elaboration, but I do think it does require us spending some time every day in our quiet time, our meditation time, our Bible study time, just reminding ourselves of truth and uh, reminding ourselves who's in control, and uh, making a conscious decision every day as best we can to turn the will and control of our lives over to God and. Uh, well, that's a direct assignment. Let's give that to our listeners today. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, from time to time, you have done that, and you have uh, reached out with a challenge. And this, I yeah. think, is a very positive challenge mm-hmm. to offer up to our listeners. Yeah, I was uh, talking to uh, one of the guys in group last night was talking, and I was encouraging the men about meditation. And uh, one of the guys said that when he went to the workshop, and we talk about meditation there, he had taken me seriously. And I said, really? You're like one of the first to take me so seriously. But, uh, no, I was being a, a smart yeah. aleck. But, uh, <laughs> Gee, that, that's a first. That's a first for me. So anyway, he said that he has now been doing this form of uh, meditation that we've talked about so often on the show called Lexio Divina. And, uh, by the way, it's spelled L-E-C-T-I-O Divina, D-I-V-I-N-A. If you're interested in doing it, Google it. There's actually a Wikipedia article about the four steps of this form of meditation. And he said he's been doing it now for 137 days, every day for 15 to 30 minutes. And, and you know, the men kind of jumped in right away and they said, how has it uh, been affecting, do you think, your sobriety? And he said, uh, it's transformed the way I think, you know. And so, yes, let's give the listeners uh, a challenge. Uh, we know how hard it would be and uh, kind of an assignment uh, that if we're going to know that God is our refuge and strength, we need to spend time with God every day. So uh, figure that out for yourself. And for those of you listening as couples, your marriage will go a lot better if you do something uh, spiritual together every day. So uh, just that's my encouragement. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank you for joining us today. We're really enjoying bringing you this series on the Psalms and the Proverbs, and we hope that this coming week is going to be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.